Presenting a brand new, very, very loose translation of the entire goddamn Bible with me, David Tuckman. Each month, we're going to have a special guest who will try to read a chapter of my translation while I make sarcastic comments. Now, usually at this point, we get right into it. We didn't introduce the guest, but this is the very first episode of this podcast. We're reading the first chapter of Genesis, or whatever we decide to call it. So I'm going to give a few words of explanation for what we're going to do tonight. That means that the actual translation is going to be shorter than normal, but I guarantee you later on it's going to be much, much longer than it is tonight. So usually when people translate the Bible, and what I mean when I say the Bible, um, everyone tends to think I mean the New Testament, um, and then they ask me what I'm translating it from, and we get very confused right off the bat. The Bible is the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the old school version of the Bible where the entire world is created, the Jews are taken out of the land of Israel, and then there are a whole bunch of civil wars in Palestine for hundreds of years. And this Bible exists in a text that's very difficult to read because the Hebrew text is written with simple Hebrew characters. And Hebrew script has no vowels. Vowels in Hebrew are little dots and dashes that go above and below the letters and tell you how to read them and will sometimes determine the definition of the word. The actual script of the Bible is written on like sheepskin uh, in front of a whole congregation traditionally and this text has no vowels. So that's the first thing making it a little bit difficult to know what the hell this book says. The second thing is that most of you, I would imagine, have read a translation of this book. And if you're reading a translation of this book, then when it was translated, the ideology of the translator got all wrapped up in what they're saying. If it's a religious translator, then it's going to be a very literal translation and will try to support their ideas. If it's an academic translator, then they will try to be as true as possible to the meaning of the words. And if it's somebody like me, I'm just going to try to make it fun and less boring. I want to be clear, though, I am an atheist. I don't believe in God, so that is part and parcel where I'm coming from in this translation. Uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about how I did this, because I think that's important to understanding what it is we're going to do. And by the way, it's going to be a lot funnier very soon, I promise you. So. I went through the original text of it, the text without the vowels, without any guidance, without anything, and I translated that. Uh, I went to Hebrew school for 18 years, so I used... Yeah! I used my knowledge of Hebrew from that. Um, I used a number of different translations. I used an Oxford University translation. And I used a Jewish Publication Society translation. I used a translation from an organization called Art Scroll which is an Orthodox Jewish organization, um, and I use Google Translate. And you're going to see some comments that I make uh, that draw from each of those translations because they help me a lot in getting through this. Once I translated the original text, I went through it and made it about 50% less boring. Uh, I have to warn you, though, there are parts that are still going to be boring because this is the Bible we're talking about. Um, now, I think by doing this, uh, I'm going to be the subject of a little bit of criticism, simply by the fact that I'm taking what many people consider to be the word of God and adding a whole bunch of f- F-bombs to it. <laughs> um, 
That's fine. I understand that. I know where it's coming from. I lived that life for a long, long time. Uh, to those people, I guess I say, if this book is so important, and if it's the Word of God, if people listen to my version or read my version, at least they're reading the text, I guess. So, fuck you. Uh, and that's it. I think, does, there, does anybody have any questions that they want to ask me before I get into this thing? Oh, cool. All right. So, each month, as I said, we're going to have a guest who's going to read the actual translation of this thing while I uh, sort of mock it. Um, this first guest is a very, very old friend of mine. We've had our own very different journeys through Judaism and through leaving very religious Judaism, I guess. I don't know if I just outed him or not. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, he was once studying to be a rabbi, um, and he has spent... Yeah! Rabbin' it! He, by his own admission, has spent uh, more time studying the Bible than is a healthy human being should. Uh, he's written for a number of Jewish publications. Can I name them? Sure. Uh, he's written for the Jewish Week. He's written for Tablet. He's written for Huffington Post. <laughs> sure, everyone. Ju- every- I mean, if I say something in the media, then it's Jewish. Please welcome Joe Winkler! Now, Joe. Yeah. Get, get to your mic. There you go. You got yeah. it? Okay, good. Um, I have some questions for you before we get into this. I'm can gonna, I, can I just say, like, one quick word of introduction? Of course. Go ahead. Um, whoa. Yeah, careful. Okay. Um, I had the privilege to work with David on some of this, and often when you work on something so much and then you present it to someone, especially something that's kind of beautiful and lucid like this, you don't see the work that goes into it. It takes a shitload of work. David put in really so much effort for every little detail, it's really well thought out. I've, I have read a lot. There's a, and as much as funny as it really is, there's a lot of beauty here that other translations don't capture. So I just wanted to give that overview at the same time that David is talking about how funny it is, and it is. So I just wanted to be able to say that before we start. Okay, yeah, David, shoot. Thank you so much, Joe. That's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, give it up. Um, so, Joe. I want to know a little bit about your journey. Um, have you ever read the entire thing? Um, I've actually have read the entire thing, but like Tanakh, the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim. So I've I've actually read the entire thing, including the New Testament, oh, as shit. of this past year. Um, I never read the New Testament. Yeah, <laughs> give, give it up. up. Woo! Um, I've never read the New Testament before this year. There are a lot of parts of the Bible that are really kind of esoteric. Some of it's written in Aramaic, and some of it's very just poetic. There's a lot of parts missing. So some of the things I just kind of sped through, I definitely have much more of a knowledge of some things. Um, And this was the first year that I actually took on the New Testament and kicked its ass. That's awesome. Yeah. I know we sound like a Bible study group all of a sudden, but that's cool. I mean, this is a really, really important book to society. And it doesn't seem like many people have actually read it, which is crazy. And that's part of why I'm doing this. Um, Joe, another question for you. Shoot. Um, what's your first memory of me? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, uh, okay. I remember David and I went to Jew camp. Yeah, Morasha. And which means inheritance of the Bible, which kind of works back in. That's what we're doing right now. So it's like Wet Hot American Summer, but without all the sex. Um, <laughs> so it's awful. No, Maybe that, for that, you. <laughs> 
No, Liar. I didn't get um, So, yeah, it, it was a lot more secluded, a lot more time alone with, you know, your sex. It was, boys' campus was away from girls' campus by, like, a mile and a half. And David and I were together starting probably from, like, eighth, ninth, uh, you know, I mean, no, we were eight, nine years old. And... David was eccentric, if I may say so. Is that is that okay? I mean, I have no memory of this, so sure. Oh, okay. So I could say whatever I want. David yeah. was David was always uh, very fun and eccentric, and and kind of always doing very independent and adventurous. And so while you know everyone else was kind of towing the line, David was always doing his own thing, which. No, I guess if you know David, then that's that's really not a shock in in any way. And if you're listening on this podcast, then you don't know me, so right now you do, I guess. Now you would like to. You have some sort of website I, that I'm well, we'll promoting. Get to that. We'll get to oh, that. Okay, we'll get to that. I'm joking. Okay. Ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a very, very strict eager. schedule. Um, okay, I think that's it for this. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Um, no, oh, but can, can I tell you a, a funny slash serious story about the Bible? Uh, It'll be very quick. Yes, I was going to ask you. Afterwards. I was going to ask you if you had anything else you wanted to say about the Bible. So oh, okay. Um, I don't know why this came up recently, but um, I read this story about this famous philosopher who's dead. He was an atheist. His name is Bertrand Russell, and uh, the comparison is ridiculous. But when he was twelve, he was very ensconced in thinking about like proofs for God. He grew up with somewhat of a religious background, and he really cared about it. And he tells this kind of like dorky story where he was once riding on his bike, you know, and you could have to imagine. Imagine like this British kid with like, you know, what are they like shorts with here like jumpers? Jumpers, yeah. So like this really dorky kid running his bike with a basket, and he talks about how like one time it suddenly hit him that the ontological proof for God wasn't true, and he just like toppled over on his bike. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, okay, he didn't really have many paths in life that he could possibly go down. But um, so, so for me, I, I didn't have a very similar story. It wasn't as earth shattering. I wasn't thinking any lofty thoughts. But in Marasha, we had this one time allotted a week where you were supposed to talk to the opposite sex. In Hebrew, it's called pigisha, which means meeting. And I was always terrified of it. It was just like thousands of people. I used to in just sit on a rock by myself. I used to try to walk around, make it look like I was going from conversation to oh, conversation. Yeah, that was it's a good, good move, try. right? Yeah, that was perfect. So, or like I had my, my you know, older siblings were there, so I would be like, oh, Oh, hey, you're just like, you know. So I, I got very good at it. Your once, sister once talked to me because she felt sad for me. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Um, so I was walking back, I was walk, walking back one time, and right after Piggy Shot, you know, flirting with girls, which for me was like super awkward city, I was walking back by myself. And right after that, we had, you know, Torah study where you hear a story. And then, like, all of a sudden, I was 12, and I just stopped walking out of nowhere. This idea, kind of like Bertrand Russell, hit me. And I'm like, wait, what if the body. Bible is man-made. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. And I, I, for a minute, I couldn't stop. Mo- I, I was just thinking about it. And I'm like, oh my god, I just blew my own mind. And then I'm like, I really hope they have lollipops at this Shabbos party. And I just walked away. <laughs> that's, that's that's awesome. The first time Priorities. that I, I question the uh, the divinity of the Bible. Cool. Anyway, so let's okay. get this started. Are you guys ready yeah. to hear the fucking Bible? All right, this is Torah, a loose translation, book one, in the beginning, chapter one, in which God creates the entire fucking universe, but mostly us. In the beginning, 
God created the sky and the ground. Maybe. So, <laughs> as I said before, we don't really know what this means at all, and the traditional translation of this is Bereshit bara Elohim et shamayim v'etaaretz. The word shamayim is traditionally translated as heavens, and haaretz is translated as earth. But they can also mean the sky and the ground. And if you put yourself in the mind of whoever these people were who were reading this at the time, heavens and the earth have a lot of of really metaphysical connotations to them. And they mean that God created the heavens and God created our planet specifically. But in my version of the Bible, it could just mean that he created the stuff up there and the stuff down there. The other point here is that... um, in the, the Hebrew version of this, the first book is called Bereshit, which is the first book of the Bible. The English version, the first book is called Genesis, which means creation or whatever. But I'm just going to use my translation of the first word. So this is book one in the beginning. Uh, this is the longest footnote of this chapter, I think. Go ahead, Joe. Um, just one comment on that. It's sort of apropos that even before we get to the second verse, David has considerably more to say than the first verse. <laughs> Because um, as much as the Bible has been a book that's been read, it's been a book that's been commented on. And uh, David, as, as heretical as he likes to make him seem, is really going in line with a lot of the rabbinic commentaries on this one. Anyway, so if just to catch you up, in the beginning, God created the sky and the ground. Now the land was all sorts of crazy, unformed chaos, with total darkness plumbing the depths of it all. A godly wind swept across the face of the seas. There shall be light, God said, and there was light. God saw that the light was pretty cool, so he prepared the light from the darkness. Now, this is totally crazy because you have to imagine there's just light, and then there's light, and there's darkness, and there's nothing else, and the only thing is the light and the darkness existing at the same time in everywhere, and my head hurts. He liked the light so much, he called it day. God literally called it a day. (laughs) The darkness he called night. Evening came, followed by morning, and the first day had passed. God declared that there should be a space of some sort of what some sort within the water so he separated the water into two parts with a space in between and called that space sky so this is really confusing i think at this point there's some light floating around there's some darkness uh, somewhere else and then there's sort of a water sandwich with two oceans as the bread and the sky which is really just a word that we use that makes sense in context as the middle of the sandwich. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Evening came, then morning, day two. Move the water under the sky over a little, God said. I want to see what's underneath it. Ooh, I'm going to call that stuff land. And the water, I'm going to call that the seas. Yeah, that's good. Now, let's see some stuff. Literally what it says. (laughs) Now let's see some stuff spread on the land. I want to plant I want to plants that have seeds and fruit trees that grow fruit with seeds inside of the fruit. No skimping on the seeds. Everything's gotta have seeds. <laughs> the land the land sprung forth plants with seeds and fruit trees that grow fruit with seeds inside of the fruit. God said that it was good. Of course he said that it was good. It was word for word what he asked for. <laughs> Evening, morning, 
day three. This guy's looking kind of empty, God said. Let's get some lights up in there so people know when it's day and when it's night. By the way, I just invented the concept of day and night, God said. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> the people can also use them for days and years and, and stuff. Okay, God is, is just a serious control freak because he hasn't even invented people yet, and he's already decided how we're going to tell time. <laughs> These lights will also shine down on Earth. God made two big lights. He gave the larger light the day shift and the night shift to the smaller light and the stars. Finished, he tossed the lights into the sky to shine the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. He saw that it was good. Evening came, then morning, day four. God said the oceans should swarm with living things and that birds should be all birdy and fly in the sky above the land and God created giant sea monsters yes sea monsters and all the creepy crawly things and all the bird with wings yes it says bird with wings too just so that you're absolutely sure what kind of birds they are but going back to the sea monsters thing it actually says sea monsters in it that's a legitimate translation a lot of people think that this really means whales because people didn't know anything about marine biology at the time that it was written. But then some people think that this was when God created, because it says sea monsters, the whale that swallowed Jonah and the whale that swallowed Pinocchio's father. Wait, and also Moby Dick. Yes. A whale swallowed Pinocchio's father? Yes! Fucking A. I know. <laughs> okay. So bird with wings, and he saw that it was good. All this stuff was so good that God blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the waters of the seas and the birds to increase upon the land. Evening, morning, day five. Ground, it's your turn, God said. Bring forth as many living things as you can. Wild animals, cattle, things that hang out underground. I don't care. Just go crazy. By the way, I'm pretty sure God is just talking to himself this whole time. <laughs> and it was so. God made all these types of animals and saw that everything he'd done was good. Then God went a little too far. <laughs> I know. Let's make people, he said, in our image, and they'll rule over everything else I've made. This idea totally won't backfire. <laughs> and God made people in his image, male and female. Thus proving Jamie Lee Curtis impossible. <laughs> God blessed them too, telling them to be fruitful and multiply and to be the ruler of all the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything that walks on land. Okay, here's the deal, God said to the people. See all the stuff I created? The plant with seeds, the trees with fruits that have seeds in them. Awesome idea, I know. The fish, the birds, the animals, all of that, you can eat it. All of it. Go crazy. So the people did. You hear that, vegetarians? This is awesome, God said. It was evening, it was dawn, day six. God had finished, finally finished creating the entire universe. So on the seventh day, he took a break from his work. He blessed and consecrated the seventh day because it was a sabbatical from the work of creating the world. Even God took a day off. Remember that the next time your boss asks you to work the weekend. And that's the way the heavens and earth were created. And that's it for chapter one. We're just about out of time. So again, I want to thank you all so much for coming out here. I hope you enjoyed this. Um,
As I said, this is episode one of a podcast, so if you like this show, please review us on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at OMGWTFBible, on Tumblr at thesamething.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook page that you can like. Joe, is there anything that you want to talk about that you're doing? Uh, that I'm specifically doing? Yeah, that you're doing. Um, wow, well, put me on the spot here. Yes, it did. Um, We're going to watch the debate tomorrow. Right. I am Actually, I think I'm going to go to the Fiona Apple concert. Awkward. Joe, you're going to the Fiona Apple concert tomorrow? All right. There you go. And one of our audiences is going to be there, too. On Wednesday. So different days, but still, that's... I read a lot on the internet. If you enjoyed my stylistic talking, um, my writing is not as fun. <laughs> but uh, you can just search my name, Joe Wiggler, on the internet. There should be a bunch of shit there. Um, I'm writing a book of... I'm almost finished with a book of poetry. And I've almost finished with a book of essays that will not make my parents happy. To Wiggler! <laughs> thank you. So thank you so much. Please make sure to check in for next month's episode because next month in the Bible... God gets sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking garden. 